It's good to be with everybody tonight. I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know, kind of intimidated to be bookended. By, I've got uh, Justin Terry two weeks ago, John Guest, and then next week's John Rogers, so I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it in advance. Um, don't get your hopes up tonight. Um, but what you're having passed out to you right now is um, basically some scripture. I, I have this professor by the name of Leander Harding who always makes the statement that if you do something for your children that they can do for themselves, it's, it's actually child abuse. Um, and when you think about it, it's kind of a really powerful statement um, because we think of always doing for, for serving one another in that light, but sometimes when we serve so much, we can actually do more harm than good. And so you have homework. <laughs> um, what you have here is just uh, some scriptures that I would encourage you to take home with you um, and to study on the topics of gentleness and kindness. Um, we're going to go through some of those tonight, but I really do want to encourage you to sit down with your spouse, sit down with your kids, uh, or just sit down by yourself at lunch after at work, or I don't know, just take that time and take that very seriously. I really appreciated the testimony, talking about missions, talking about um, God always has a purpose for us, even after we retire from gymnastics, right? I can do a backflip. Do you want to see me do a backflip? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you don't get to see that, yeah. Um, but I appreciate it because, you know, the world is really in a hard place right now, isn't it? And, and so being given this opportunity to teach and to have some time to actually to, to do some stuff tonight, I, I don't want to start with our lesson. Um, because one of the things going on in the world right now is the church is experiencing the worst persecution. Um, some scholars are saying it that it's ever seen. Um, and I've got a group of you here. And, and maybe I'm weird, but I believe that prayer works. Amen? Amen? And so what I would like to do right now is before we get into our lesson about gentleness and kindness... I would like for us to take not just a minute, but some time and to pray for a couple of things. And so what we're going to do is what's called a concert of prayer. And, and if you want to get together in little clusters or groups of people and, and pray out loud, uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, but I'm going to give you a topic to pray for. And, and so take a moment. Find some people. Get in a group of prayer. If you don't know anybody, that's okay. There's lots of great people. Um, let's get uncomfortable here. Let's get with people. And I'm going to actually ask you to pray out loud um, because we as Christians do believe prayer works, right? So this is the part where you move into little groups, okay? So take a minute and do that, and then we're going to go ahead and start in prayer. All right. So what we're going to do is, is I'm going to go ahead and lead us in some prayer. And I'm going to give you a topic to pray for. And we're actually going to keep it pretty simple because there's enough to pray for um, with the things at hand. And so um, I want to encourage you, if God's leading you to pray out loud, pray out loud. It's okay if church is noisy, all right? And um, I want to encourage you, pray out loud. And if you just feel led to pray for one another, do that too. But uh, Father, we love you. And you have given us prayer as a gift. It is not a burden, it shouldn't be difficult. It doesn't have to be eloquently worded. God, prayer is simply us coming to you with our simple need. And right now, God, I, my heart is ripped out as we have brothers and sisters in Christ, especially in the Middle East, who are facing the terror of ISIS. And so right now, God, we pray that you would hear our prayers as we lift them up to you. 
for those who are being martyred and those who are being persecuted by ISIS. So take a moment, church, now and lift those people up. Lord Jesus, hear our prayers. We pray now, God, for the children, specifically. Little ones that should be experiencing the joy of playing. That should be experiencing the laughter of their parents. But instead are met with terror. Lift up the children right now, church. Lord, hear our prayers. And so, Father God, as we um, think about those who have been martyred and those who are captive, we do pray for their freedom and safety, but we also pray for your will to be done. But your word tells us, God, that with Christ, nothing is impossible. And so, God, give us the strength to pray for what we're going to pray for next as we pray for the salvation of ISIS. Lord, hear our prayers. God, we are a body of believers. And that extends so much further than the walls of this place. We do thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in different parts of the world experiencing very different things. In one place, our brothers and sisters worry if they'll have enough food to eat before they starve to death. And in others... They worry if they go to sleep tonight, will they be drug out of their bed? We thank you, God, that as those are the worries of some of our brothers and sisters, our worries don't seem so severe. But God, you still care. And they mean something to you, and they are our worries. So we thank you for the way that you perfectly love us. We thank you for the way that you love us in spite of our sin and our flaws. And we pray, God, that you would never let us forget the way that you have blessed us by the land of opportunity that you've put us in alone. And then we begin to talk about salvation and what Christ did for us. We are wretched, God. And we thank you that you are a gentle and unfair and kind God because we are deserving of death. But you've spared us. So it's as hard as it is to ask for you to reveal yourself to those people that in my flesh, Lord, I'm so angry at. We do pray that you would speak to them. Somehow, in some way. Burden our hearts, God, that we may never forget to pray because we never know when we may need the prayers of others here. We are one body and each one of us serves a very different function, Lord. Help us to be your body. Help us to be your bride. Help us to believe what we say we believe and help us to believe that prayer works because it does, God. So we thank you for this time. We thank you that we no longer need 
anybody to go to you for us. We have Christ and we can come right to you with our needs and our issues. Use us, Lord, in a mighty way. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's really good that we get together and pray. Um, and, and if that made you uncomfortable, uh, you could take that up with God. <laughs> um, um, you know, and sometimes it is hard to pray out loud when it's not something we're used to, but I would encourage you to let that be a spiritual discipline that you stretch yourself in, because it is right for us to pray and to bring things to God, and, and there's no more unifying thing right now, maybe other than abortion, um, that we can be praying for, and that of the martyrs and those who are being persecuted by ISIS. So I pray that the Lord will disturb you in your sleep to remember to pray for our brothers and sisters, um, because I, I, I do mean it. One day that could be us they're praying for. Um, and so anyway... Thank you for that. You know, I, I have to confess to you, when I, when I think about what's happening, I'm studying church history right now, and one of the facts that, it's, that my professor's teaching us is that, that we have this concept of the early church and that persecution was this thing, that there was a Christian in every, you know, pothole, and, that, and, it, and that's just not true. Now, there was a lot of martyrdom that took place in the early church, but it's staggering because what is happening now is on a grander scale. And, and we miss that. And I have to confess to you that I get angry at myself. I, I get angry at other Christians. I, I get angry at God. I get angry at ISIS. And, and, and so I have to quickly check myself because you see, as a Christian, I'm not called to anger. I'm called to righteousness. And I want you to know that there is a time and a place to flip over tables. <laughs> We have a good example in that, right? There's a time for us to be angry. And, and how we handle our anger can either be a blessing or righteous, or it can be sin. Because as Christians, as the fruit of the Spirit tell us, we are called to be both gentle and kind. What does that look like? What does gentleness look like? Several years ago, I was working on an art project with some friends, and one of my friends was developing a photo. I wish I could remember the name of the book because I so badly wanted to show it to you, but there was this little, it's a picture of a little child, it's in black and white, standing with her hand on the nose of a rhinoceros. And, and it's this side image of this, it's like she's tamed the rhino, and it's this beautiful image of me of a strong gentleness. And as Christians, I think we're called to be strong in our gentleness. We're called to be uh, gentle with other people. We're called to be gentle with our anger because Jesus was gentle. And if we're walking in righteousness, if we're walking in the Spirit, we're called to be gentle. We've been studying uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit and, and here we find ourselves this week talking about, obviously, gentleness and kindness. But I want to read this portion of Scripture with you. So if you have your Bibles, please take it out to Galatians 5. And it simply says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so if we're living with the Spirit, we're keeping in step with the Spirit, or we should be, right? That means in our lives, we should be seeing the fruit of gentleness and kindness. Have you ever been not gentle? (laughs) Have you ever been not kind? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever suffered from the disease called road rage? Have you ever gotten snappy with your spouse? Said words you wish you could take back. Have you ever walked to a football game and there's that homeless guy on the street and in your heart you whisper these words, get a job? Have you ever lost your temper just a little bit when it comes to your job? Why do we get so angry? Why does anger have such a control on us? Let me, let me read this to you. God designed us to be in balance. And as I said earlier, anger in itself is not necessarily sin. But however, when we sin in our anger, we are completely out of alignment for how God designed us. Did you know that gentleness is what brings us into alignment? It's, it's in our DNA to get angry. It's an easy place for us to go. I mean, think about it. If, if somebody were walking to the coffee pot in church and they stepped in front of us, we wouldn't, like, kick them and throw stuff at them, would we? But yet if someone turns in front of me in a car because I think it's a safe place, because I think it's quiet, because I think no one sees me, I mean, we turn bad. We, we, make, we make, you know, I, I don't even need to go into it. You get the point of what I'm saying. But we're a very angry people, and and we miss out on gentleness. And I'm going to tell you, when we act in that way, and I feel like such a hypocrite teaching this lesson. I'm so glad my wife had an open house at her school tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But when we talk about gentleness, you know, when we look at Christ, there's there's a way as believers we're supposed to act. And it's to be in love. The word gentleness, and you have it on your little sheet there in the, in the Greek, um, is the word Christos. And the way it's being used here is Christotes, um, which is basically to be gracious, to be kind. Listen to this. Excellent in character or demeanor. It's goodness. It's kindness. And basically anger is the, the kind of... Antithesis. It's the, it's the counterpart to it. And in anger, when we give in to anger, anger actually hinders gentleness. When we submit to anger, like when we get that email or that text, has this ever happened to you? You got a text from somebody or an email from somebody, and the way you read it, you get really mad because this person was yelling at me in this text, and then you fire back another text, and you, I'm going to let them know. And in your anger, you say something, and then they go, why are you angry? What do you mean, why am I angry? You just sent me this awful text. No, you read it wrong. See, anger makes us look stupid all the time, doesn't it? We're not called to be angry. Psalm 37, 8 says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself because it tends to evil doing. I remember as a kid, I loved Jesus. I still love Jesus. It's, I shouldn't say loved. I love Jesus. And as a child, I remember growing closer to the Lord, and there came this point in my life where I couldn't explain it. I was just angry. I was just mad all the time. I loved playing football because I loved hitting things. 
I love smashing my head against the guy across the line from me. How many guys like to throw stuff when you're mad? How many guys accidentally slam the door real hard when you're mad? Something about anger just causes us to want to brawl. There's nothing good that comes from that. I remember as a kid, I struggled with this anger, and and I began to pray to God, Lord, help me, because I'm so angry I want to kick puppies. I I can't explain it. There there was nothing happening directly to me, but there was an anger in my life. And and I remember experiencing this even towards my, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, who, who, as I grew up, I, I was now in college. I was experiencing this anger still to the point where my relationship with God felt like it was hitting a plateau. A lot of anger throughout my childhood, throughout my college years. And finally, I met a professor, uh, Rich Grassle, and he sat me down and he said, what, are you, what, what is this anger in your life that you're holding on to? I said, what do you mean holding on to? I was abused as a kid. I'm a rape baby. My mom thought about aborting me. Like, I have a lot to be angry about. Don't sit there and tell me, Rich, I don't have anything to be angry about. And then you know what this guy says to me? You need to forgive your dad. Are you out of your mind? I don't need to forgive him. Why in the world would I offer him forgiveness? And Rich said, because it's killing you. How many of you are angry about something that you've just never dealt with? The silence stinks, doesn't it? You know that anger will kill you. It is a cancer Worse than melanoma, it is a cancer that will eat your soul and convince you of lies that aren't even true. How can you be in step with the Spirit of God if you're angry or hate somebody secretly in your heart? Because our hearts aren't a secret to us, are they? We know what's going on in our heart. But if we're going to be people who live in gentleness, we need to let go of anger. We need to ask God to give us the strength to deal with those things. Did you know that when we're angry about stuff, it's really us holding on to it? That God wants to take that from you? That Jesus wants to set you free from that by what he did on the cross? And as he's trying to pull it out of your hands, you're screaming, give me that thing back. We should be angry about that. It's interesting because in, um, in Galatians 5, before we get to the passage that we're studying right now, we see kind of the opposite of everything that we're reading about being gentle, patient, kind, good, faithful. What we read is this. It says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, of the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led, um, excuse me, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the work of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So as we think about being gentle, gentleness is this it's a kindness, it's a, it's a respect, it's a love. It's handling people who you can't stand with grace. Gentleness is putting others before yourself. The, the image of, of a mother and father with their child in a healthy relationship, that is a perfect image of gentleness. Taking care of the needs of somebody who needs to be cared for. Are you gentle in your life? 
Or are you filled with wrath, strife? Are you filled with immorality? Are you filled with drunkenness? Are you filled with jealousy? Are you filled with fits of rage? Is your drywall bill very expensive every year from either throwing things through it or putting your hand through it? And we laugh because it happens to so many of us. As believers in God, God, not God, yeah. And believers in God, we are called to gentleness, not to brawling. Not to this anger, not to this rage. Let me, let me um, read this to you from James 1.19. Understand this, my beloved brothers. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and slow to get angry. Let me ask you this. As a gentle Christian, isn't it absolutely ridiculous what we get mad about? I, and I, and I, I'm convicted, and I hope you are too. I want you to think back about the things that have upset you in light of what we just prayed for. Are they even worth the, 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 the space in your mind? Are they even worth the, the, the beats on your heart and the years from your life that they're taking? For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Which, um, yeah, does not promote the righteousness God wishes and requires. Anger brings a displeasure to God. And if we're walking in the Spirit, we are called to be gentle. And I want to challenge you that if you are experiencing anger in your life, if you're experiencing a need that, I'm going to tell you right now, this is really funny, when you're angry and you think nobody notices, Everybody notices. Everybody knows it. And they're praying to God that you'll get a clue. Now, the chances are, that's actually most of us. Because we all have those hot buttons, right? Isn't it amazing how I love my wife. No one can make me happier than this, in this, on this earth. But for some reason, and I'm going to be transparent with you, there's moments where there's no one who can make me matter faster on this earth. Amen, couples? But we can't give in to anger. Because we're called to be gentle. We're called to respect one another. We're called to love one another. And if we're going to be gentle, we've got to look to our ultimate source, which is Jesus Christ. And, and gentleness means being forgiving. It means laying down your rights. Yes, you have rights as an American. Uh, yes, you have rights to whatever, but I, I want to challenge you as a Christian, we're all about laying our rights down. When you declare that you want to follow Jesus, you're signing up to be offended. You're volunteering to be persecuted. So don't be surprised or offended or hurt when it happens. When you decide to pursue Christ and when you begin to follow Him, you're basically telling Satan, hey, I'm a target, just letting you know. Come at me. And I promise you, He will. Satan's not a dummy. He's not going to attack a neutral target. He's coming after those who make a difference. So don't let anger give the devil a foothold. Be gentle as Jesus was gentle. Think about the way Jesus reacted to, to lepers. These were the unwanted uglies of society. They're, they're 
fingers are falling off. They, they had sores all over their body. They weren't pleasant to look at. They smelled. And everybody else says, get away from me. But Jesus touches them. Jesus speaks to them. Jesus treats them like people. Jesus is gentle with them. In fact, think about all the instances where Jesus is dealing with non-believers. How does he respond to them? Patience, kindness, gentleness, respect. Who does Jesus freak out on? Say it. The religious folks. Those who should know better. Right? Those who should know better. We need to look at Christ as our example, and we need to be humble, submissive. We need to be um, peaceful, soothing, tender, lenient, merciful. People, we need to be lenient with one another. You're human, so am I. We're all screwed up. We're going to make mistakes. And you're going to offend somebody over here, or you're going to offend somebody over here. And and if we're being the church, we shouldn't be so thin-skinned. If, if someone tells us they're going to meet us at 5.30 and they don't get there until 5.45, who cares? We're not going to divide the church over it, but we make them ordeals. Or that person wore the same dress as me on Sunday. She knew I was going to wear that dress. <laughs> and, and as silly as that sounds, families won't talk for years over something so ridiculous. We're called to be thick-skinned. Right? Jesus was thick-skinned. Jesus was humble. He was patient. Are you patient with your brothers and sisters in Christ when you need to be? Are you patient with a non-believer? It it baffles me that we as the church don't understand that somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus isn't going to understand or appreciate what we believe. And this is going to blow your mind. But we as the church will sometimes try to hold them to that standard and get mad when they're being who they are. They're sinners. That shouldn't surprise you. When, when you're walking down the street and someone who doesn't believe in God is doing something that somebody who doesn't believe in God is doing, you shouldn't be shocked. <gasps> I can't believe that. What I can't believe is a brother and sister of Christ hasn't come alongside of them and said, let me help you with your anger. Let me help you with that brokenness. Come here, blind Bartimaeus. Let me show you Jesus. If we were gentle and if we were kind, we would recognize that we are all lost. And if it weren't for the grace of God, every one of us would be condemned to hell. And when we cast judgment on a brother and when we're not gentle and when we are not kind, we're saying that we're better than Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, what you do to the least of me, you do unto me. And if Jesus can be kind to that person that we can't stand, if Jesus is up in heaven crying for ISIS to come to know him, then why is his church not praying that? I hate that. I'm just going to be honest. I'm angry at ISIS. But God has called me to have a broken heart for them. And if we want to change what's happening in the world, we should look at the hearts of the people. And, and, And I hope you hear my heart on that. Because I'm not in support of them at all. But we need to be lifting them up in prayer because that's the only weapon we have. And we need to pray for our soldiers as they have to do the harder thing. I shouldn't say the harder thing, but the hard thing. 
and facing them on the battle lines. As Christians, we need to be patient. We need to be loving. We need to be respecting of one another because we are the mouthpiece of God. We're speaking as if we're speaking the very words of God to people. And when we live our lives, we're speaking for God. You're sending a message. And is it a message of gentleness and kindness or is it anger and brawling? When someone offends you, can you forgive them? I'm going to tell you, it took me a long time to say to my dad, who beat my mom, threw me down a flight of steps, that I can forgive you. And I was blessed because I had the opportunity to actually tell him that. And I'm going to tell you, if you've got some beef with somebody, be gentle and kind and deal with it now because you don't know how much time you're going to have to deal with that. Don't harbor anger because it will eat and devour you. And there's a lot of you out there that could testify amen to that. That's what Christ does for us. He sets us free from the bondage of sin to a life of gentleness, peace, and kindness. He gives us that ultimate example in himself because Jesus was gentle. He showed us that there was joy in being gentle. Jesus laughed. He enjoyed being with people who were broken. Do you enjoy being with people who are broken? Or does your own piety and offense cause you to clam up and turn away? If you have the fruit of the Spirit, if you're living in the Spirit, the answer should be that you are gentle, that we're not slanderous, that we're completely humble, and that we're completely patient with one another. This is a challenge, church. As we go through the fruits of the Spirit, I, I, I hope that you're going home and you're asking yourself the question, is this, is this evident in my life? Am I gentle? Am I kind? Listen, there's a time and a place where righteous anger is right. But we're called to be gentle. And we're called to be kind. Are you being gentle and kind to the people that live with you? Are you being gentle and kind to your husband or your wife? To your mother? To your father? You know, the Ten Commandments aren't just suggestions. Honor your father and father and mother. That, that's serious. So is keeping the Sabbath. We like to think that, that maybe some of that stuff was outlawed with the Old Testament you know, laws and stuff, but no, those are the Ten Commandments. Are you gentle and kind with your parents, your children, your neighbor who won't ever cut his grass? <laughs> you have to remember, there's always a story. And maybe that neighbor that's driving you nuts because they won't cut their grass is actually going through something pretty awful in their life. Maybe it just takes a believer to say, hey, do you need help? Yeah, my mom just died and I'm struggling. I can't get myself out of the house. I'm depressed. Gentleness and kindness is what we're called to be. We're called to live like Christ. And so I pray that you're challenged by that, church. And I want to challenge you. Take this home with you and study this. 
Because I promise you that if you're dealing with anger and hurt in your life, you should talk to somebody about it, but get into God's Word. Because if you get into God's Word, I promise you this, the more and more you read it, the more and more you study, the more and more you pray, God will chip away at your heart, and He will take that anger out, and you will see something gentle left behind. You will see something kind left behind, and you don't have to try to do it. You don't even have to try to do it. You just need to be obedient to what God's calling, and He will do it in you. I promise you of that, church.